Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hello, America. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. Always good to be with you. Uh, We would encourage you to share these broadcasts, especially with people that need to hear them. We don't have a lot of time, and we've got to turn this stuff around, or the reprehensible nature of the program today. Oh, yeah, we're going to cover something today that is just so disgusting, it makes my stomach crawl. Well, we're going to be talking about child sex trafficking, abortion that's turned into murder. This is absolutely horrific what's happening inside our country. But we need to let people know, because if we keep this administration, if we keep them in place, if we let them steal the next election, it's all over. CBDC will soon be here. We need to educate millions. You know, our tagline is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. We need to make it one million minds at a time. Now, we're going to be joined today by Susan Swift. She's an attorney. She's the vice president of, let's say, a baby rights group. And all that information will be provided for you uh, when you listen to the to that particular interview. But first... You know, I need to let you know, ladies and gentlemen, with CBDC coming into play, you absolutely positively need to protect your assets. And you need to get outside this system as much as you can. I remember when the bugs thing came out. You're going to have to eat bugs. You'll own nothing and love it. And we heard all these things, oh, yeah, over my dead body. Well, it may actually come to that, but right now in the short term, we need to educate you about getting outside the system. Food, water, guns, gold, ammo, natural medicine, and tools. I'm going to focus on the gold right now. You have a retirement. You do. They're moving to go after your retirement, and they'll do it in conjunction with CBDC. And that's because your retirement's connected to a bank. And you got a double danger because the bank, because of the Dodd-Frank Law of 2010, can seize your bank assets. That's right. When you connect your retirement or put money in the bank, you are declared to be an unsecured creditor, and they can take from you whatever they want. Oh, that's correct. You look it up, Dodd. D-O-D-D Dodd-Frank 2010. I got people that still write to me and say, oh, Dave, that's just not true. Well, I'm sorry, it is true, and I invite you to check it out. Now, let's go a step further with this. Noble Gold is the group I work with, and they can extricate your retirement from your bank. You own it. You control it. Not the bank, not the government, not anybody else. You, and they back it with the one thing that has held its value for 6,000 years. You know what that is? That's gold. They can have similar strategies for getting your money out of your bank account and operating with just basically a manageable account where you can pay your bills. If you don't, the words depression, the numbers 1929 will come into play for you. It happened on my mom's side of the family when she was a small child. It'll happen to you unless you take prescriptive action right now. Now, the federal government requires me to give you a warning. All investments carry an inherent risk, and nothing can be guaranteed. I agree with that. Too bad they didn't make FTX do the same thing. And by the way, the FTX people are getting a walk. Well, another topic for another time. But listen to me and listen to me very clearly. 
It is extremely important that you act now. So you can go to DaveHodgesGold.com and I'll send you a free information packet. And the number for Noble Gold is to call. Also, you can call the number directly and just talk to an expert. They don't have call centers. You're not going to be getting, I help you very much. No, 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 no. You're not going to get that. You're going to get someone who speaks as good English as you do that really knows the topic. 877 646 5347. 877 646 5347 or go to go to should have the heartbeat rule. Should have the rule conception is when life begins. Heartbeat rule, some people will compromise. But now, baby's out of the womb. And they're doing horrific things to kill that baby. You're going to hear all about it with Susan Swift today. But first, I want to say a couple of words about Jim Caviezel's portrayal of a DHS CIA agent with regard to child sex trafficking. What I find amazing is not so much the story, because I've known this has existed forever and a day. You know, I know of three state legislators that have been murdered who've pursued this in the state of Georgia, Kansas, and Oklahoma. In one case, in, in Georgia, the woman was murdered by her husband, state senator was, and he committed suicide by shooting himself in the back. The pedophile mafia is far-reaching people, and it's the heart and soul, along with drug trafficking, for the cartels. And because the cartels in states like mine and 25 other states identified the Rigger Report, Many of our politicians are under the control of Sinaloa, fake real estate company, money laundering, bribing people. And in Arizona, there's really three classes of politicians, and this is true for most of the country, including Congress. There's either those that are complicit with the cartel money laundering schemes and in bed with China. It goes together. There are those who are covering up for them but may not be directly involved. And then there are those who cower in the corner and they're little chicken bleepers, too afraid to stand up and do what they were voted to do, which is to protect the public interest. And this is what we have. And what I find interesting is the mainstream media is attacking Sound of Freedom, which rose to number three in the box office, out through Mission Impossible. And I really enjoyed the Mission Impossible movie. But the other movie, Sound of Freedom, is a must-watch because it shows you how bad things are. They show real footage of kids being snatched off the street and thrown into vans. Real footage. And the mainstream media says, oh, that's just fake. That's Hollywood crap. Those are reenactments. That's because Hollywood's up to their you-know-what in trafficking. Oh, they're involved in it. Make no mistake about it. They are involved in it. All of them, I don't know how far it stretches. I just know it exists. I've had producers, former producers, actors, actresses tell me that this is true. Why else would they attack the the movie? I I just don't get it. Because they have something to hide. And the fact that our Congress is not pulling Mayorkas before them, and you will account for those 85,000 missing migrant kids that we all know are being trafficked, all wrecked for life, and the fact that Congress isn't doing it, they're either involved, they're covering up for those who are involved, or they're too chicken bleepers to do anything about it. That's disgusting. And I have a courageous individual coming on, and she's been successful in many, many areas of life professionally. And she's chosen to center her efforts here on abortion turned into murder. This is a dramatic interview 
and we don't pull any punches. Stay tuned for Susan Swift on The Common Sense Show. Welcome to the Common Sense Show again. Thank you so much for staying with us. Uh, we have Susan Swift with us, and she um, has been on before, and she's the Vice President of Legal Affairs for Right to Life, and we have talked about abortion-related issues prior to, but this whole issue is blowing up now. It's becoming all-encompassing, and uh, we're going to be dealing with terms like equity we're going to be dealing with it five years ago. We just said we're talking about the bizarre and it could never happen. Well, unfortunately, the state legislature is happening. You saw yesterday that the California legislature refused to declare pedophilia and sex trafficking and sex with a minor to be a felony. Uh, and we covered that on our other show. And this is just more of the same coming out of California where they seem to be, seem to be a trendsetter for every type of perversion known to mankind. So, Susan, thank you for coming back on the show. Very important topic, Senate Bill 729. What can you tell us? Well, thanks so much for having me back on, Dave. It's always fun to be with you. I do, right before we get into uh, the Fertility Equity Bill, which is SB 729, which did pass out of committee, um, it's going to go to the next step. Um, Before I I do want to give you a little bit of an update uh, on SB 14, because you just mentioned it at your open, which is the sex trafficking, you know, child sex trafficking bill Um, in kind of an emergency session. I think it was Assemblyman Juan Alanis. He called it back and basically they got it past the public safety committee. So they got it passed. It was kind of miraculous. It was a wild ride, and it, it happened, I think, yesterday, like afternoon. So um, it, that's a victory. What has happened, this this bill, SB 14, is from Shannon Grove, Senator Shannon Grove, just a, a, a wonderful, uh, stalwart person, very pro-life, just terrific. And fortunately, they were able to, in a kind of a, an emergency way, I guess, call for the bill one more time, and they got it past the Public Safety Committee, which had stalled it and blocked this bill for two years. So that's good news. At least now, the the full Assembly and Senate of California, they'll have to at least vote on it now. They have to ask, weigh in and say, gee, should sex trafficking of a minor, should that be a felony? Hmm. They're going to have to vote yes or no. And that'll, I think that's coming up in August. So that's a, that is a huge victory for, um, the, the for team good, let's say, say that, and, and against team evil. So that's, that's one, that's one good thing that we should be grateful for. Um, SB 729 is the fertility equity bill. And in typical fashion, it combines um, something that sounds good with with a consequence that I don't think anybody's thinking about. Uh, so it's 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 a it's a tough issue because it it wants to what what the state has done and the, the state you have to remember this is a this is under the panoply of reproductive freedom, whatever that means. That sounds really good. It's kind of a Marxist term in a way, reproductive freedom. I am free to reproduce. The state shall not deny or interfere with an individual's reproductive freedom, including abortion or contraception. That's how Proposition 1 starts. It's amended our constitution to install this right to reproductive freedom. It's just Mm -hmm. that that's not defined. Nobody knows what that really means. Uh, we're going to have to wait for judges in black robes to tell us what the parameters of reproductive freedom is. And now um, coming off of that, and, and remember, Proposition 1 was sold to California as a protection of abortion rights because Roe versus Wade has been overturned and, and the Supreme Court is taking away all of your rights. So, wait a minute. It, California has very robust abortion laws, and all that the Dobbs decision did was said, look, um, federal government, we, we can't touch this issue. This is a state issue. So nothing in California changed when Roe versus Wade was overturned. Not one single thing, but that didn't matter. The pro-aborts uh, made sure to fearmonger and suggest that somehow they're coming for your rights. And so yeah, they passed Proposition 1, and the, then the people approved it. And now SB 729 is another twist on advancing reproductive freedom. This is fertility equity for all. 
Um, and yes, there are couples who have difficulty conceiving a child and they need IVF and they're, and it's an expensive process if you want to uh, conceive a child and you're infertile. The interesting thing is nobody is promoting adoption, but be that as it may, uh, I, I understand why people would want to make sure that, that the cost, the expense of uh, fertility treatments would be covered. Well, the state wants to make sure that that's covered, but this bill... 729 doesn't want the state to pay for it. It's going to mandate that private insurance plans cover the cost of IVF and any non-experimental reproductive um, technologies for anyone who's infertile. And they kind of redefine what infertility is because they've they've said, well, you you can't, if you're an employer, uh, insurance company, you can't make exceptions for um, celibate people or um, gay and lesbian people who are infertile because they choose not to engage in normal biological heterosexual sexual activity. That you know, Susan, I, I, we at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the commonsenseshow.tv, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at the commonsenseshow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time i find your characterization of this bill that they're shifting the responsibility financially to the private insurance companies let me tell you where my mind goes with this with the trend across the country saying that cake uh, wedding producers uh, don't have to cater to gay weddings because of religious convictions is this why they took it out of the hands of uh, uh, where they had it and put it on the private insurance companies because they can't make such an argument? Well, I'm not sure that that makes me kind of wonder if the the insurance. Yeah, it, it's going it, to it'll force the insurance companies to have to provide this. Right. The interesting thing that I have not thought of, and I'm just just pinging off of what you just said. Let's it, you take it one step to a fertility clinic. Perhaps it's a fertility clinic that is um, religious. Maybe it's a Catholic fertility clinic or, uh, you know, an Islamic uh, fertility clinic. Mm -hmm. And the doctors there or the technicians there say we have a religious belief and we don't support um, 
gay sex or, you know, conception through these means. Would the clinic, would the doctors providing services, would they have a First Amendment right to refuse to provide the service? I don't think the I don't think the insurance company is going to have a dog in that fight. Right. But it's an interesting thing. I haven't I'm just thinking off. It's like, well, could the doctor refuse? It's kind of like um, conscience protection for pharmaceutical or for doctors say, I, I don't provide these things. So that's a very interesting uh, idea that you've just come up with um, to force. Can you force doctors to perform uh, IVF for couples that want to, that are, you know, homosexual couples that want to conceive or uh, celibate people who, anyway, that, that that's an interesting argument that may actually come, come to light from, from this. But right now what, what the, what, what this bill is going to do is force the insurance companies to cover it. That's going to jack up everybody's insurance company. Sure. It's just, this is a shifting of cost onto the private sector. You're not allowed. And here's the, the here's the way they do it. They 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 say you cannot discriminate against a person based on their relationship status. So you can't you can't say well you you are you're engaging in homosexual sex and that is never going to lead to a baby that means you're not infertile that just means you're choosing something that's not going to work you can't do that uh, under this bill that would that that's that's the way that they're going to be able to usher in surrogacy and fertility equity for queer couples under this bill so would it be that uh let's say in the case of a male homosexual they would contribute their sperm to a surrogate carrier that would carry to term and the public has to pay for that um yes and no yes to all of the medical costs for uh maybe you know the uh, the, uh, the the stimulation of eggs or any medical medical uh, costs associated with the surrogacy and the pregnancy but not the womb rental, not the fee to the surrogate. Right now, that, that that's not part of the bill. The uh, legislative directors, the fact sheet on that has said, well, we're not covering this. This bill does not cover the cost of renting the woman, the, the womb. But you kind of got to wonder, well, down the trail, all you need is, I don't know, ACLU or some aggressive um, law firm that says, well, that's discriminatory. And they should be able to, you should pay for the cost of the womb because how else are these two uh, men going to grow a baby uh so the the other interesting thing that that is in the future there is a company that's advertising a a a theoretical it's still in theory uh it's an artificial womb it's called an ectopod it doesn't exist yet but they've been advertising it in videos and, and basically proclaiming this is the perfect environment for you to raise your you know your genetically perfect child right so uh, we're we're really at the edge of we have crispr technology that's out of china right that that you can edit human genomes and create um you know the perfect designer baby a chinese doctor already did it there are twins living somewhere in china that's already happened so we're very close to all right now we're going to gather the the perfect eggs and the perfect sperm, or we're going to mix everything up, and then we're going to genetically modify it with CRISPR technology. Then we're going to drop it into an ectopod, an artificial womb with a perfect environment so that you can grow your perfect baby. Babies are becoming products, which should not surprise anyone because babies are already products to the abortion cartel. The, the, the entire the notion of abortion, that is a product. They, they want okay. to encourage children in schools to uh, engage in, in sex. There's, there's even a bill that's going to force um, condoms to be distributed in high school in California. It, 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 it's made it through the, the first hurdle. It, so that we're going to be saying, okay, you must provide condoms in high school. Not college, high school. So they're they're encouraging uh, sexual activity uh, younger and younger. What what is that going to result in? Well, obviously, pregnancies, unwanted pregnancies, and instead of anybody talking about adoption and saving the life of that baby and giving the baby any kind of life and choices, right? It's always about the choice of the woman. It's not even the choice of the man, right? So so when when do men have rights to protect their babies or do men have rights to 
to, you know, to, to create children. Absolutely not. It's always the woman and the abortion cartel fear mongers to these women. And they, they tell pregnant women that their life is going to change. They'll never have their, their career and they'll never, they have to, and everything can be taken care of with just a pill that's like Tylenol. That's the chemical abortion, uh, mantra. And, and that, so children are a product already to the abortion industry because we know from documents at UCSF, and we know from different uh, doctors who have, have explained the the organ harvesting process. This would be Dr. Teresa Deicher and Pamela Acker. They they have testified. Well, they've given interviews explaining how the vaccine industry actually profits from organ harvesting uh, from from fetal tissue. So what happens is uh, in, in an abortion procedure, uh, the, there are procurement people right there standing by. So as they remove the baby, as you know, and it is, it is dying, but it is, it's being taken out of the womb. So it's an abortion procedure. The baby is still alive, according to Dr. T- Deicher and, and Pamela Acker, who has uh, got a master's degree. Pardon me. And then the procurement people harvest their organs like the kidneys, the the heart, the tongue, the skin within moments because it has to be so fresh. It still has to be fresh tissues. Otherwise, the cell lines that they're that that they devised from the, the tissues are not viable and cannot be used for creating these vaccines. And nobody's arguing. Nobody is arguing that fetal tissue, that, that babies' tissues are used to create vaccines. Dr. Dr. Stanley Plotkin was under oath in, in, a, in a lawsuit, video testimony, and also written t- transcript has confirmed that, yes, he has used two, two ba- basically tissues from two babies to create vaccines. And he confirmed that there just, just in one study alone, 76 babies were used to create this line for, for this particular vaccine. That's the rubella vaccine. That's in MMR. Wow. So we, we know, we know that, that, that this is big business. That basically yeah. aborted fetal tissue is used for medical experiments and, you know, to develop vaccines. So b- babies are being used as product. This is this fertility equity bill. It's all about the next things. I want my designer baby and it doesn't matter about my lifestyle. I get to have a baby, anything I want. Nobody's thinking about the child. No, no, because no one considers it a child until it's actually out of the womb. That's the, that's the crazy lie, the, the kind of almost Marxist Orwellian denial of the truth. This is a human being from the moment of conception, unique DNA. It grows and develops just like you and I continue to grow and develop. We started growing and developing the moment we were conceived and in our mother's womb all the way through our development process into and, and through birth. And then we continue to develop and we continue to age and develop all the way until natural death. It's an arc. It's not like uh, I wasn't human until I was born. I, I wasn't a, a, you know, a rabbit and then turned into a human magically after I exited the birth canal. But nobody wants to talk about that. So they're dehumanizing human beings, little babies, so that they can profit from it in a, in a huge scam of, of, the, of, the, of the American people. We fund Planned Parenthood with our taxpayer dollars. We're funding the vaccine industry with our taxpayer dollars. And now we're going to be funding all kinds of IVF uh, programs to conceive more of these babies. And can you imagine, I'm just, uh, just, just think about going forward. What if you've got, <clears throat> you now have, a, I don't know, a Chinese company who wants to buy, uh, you know, eggs from, I don't know, who says, look, I want to finance my, uh, my degree at Princeton. And so I'm going to sell my eggs. So now can I, can I just sell them to a Chinese company? Well, in California, thanks to proposition one, which says the state shall not deny or interfere with an individual's reproductive freedom, including abortion and contraception. That means the state can't interfere with a private company like a Chinese uh, lab from buying someone's eggs because that's her, that's her reproductive freedom. She can sell that. Right. So what's going to stop them from buying up any of these frozen embryos of these eggs and then using them for experimentation and, you know, using CRISPR technology, you could say, well, 
I've designed the perfect babies over here. And so I'll give those, we'll put those over in the chosen pile that they're going to go into the ectopod or they're going to be implanted into a surrogate and, and the uh, insurance companies will pay for that. But the other ones that they, they don't, maybe they're the redheads. Who knows? We, we just don't want those babies. We'll just give those over to the abortion procurement people and they can just take them uh, in the ectopod up into about 13 weeks or 14 weeks so that they can harvest their tissues. High-tech eugenics, yeah. Very high-tech eugenics. You said something that triggered a thought in me, too. Um, I know a couple of people, one in particular, who's very familiar with live organ (laughs) harvesting done to the Falun Gong, uh, which is no more than meditation. It's not even a religion. And these people are alive when their organs are taken. And I would ask the question, why are they alive? Why, why are they purposely inflicting pain? And they said it wasn't so much about the pain. It was about the fact that the cells had to remain fresh. And you just said that yes. with regard to the extraction. And I wonder, too, are these babies still alive here in this country? And do they feel pain when their organs are extracted? Well, that that is and see that that's the interesting issue, isn't it? Um, and I we at the Right to Life League, there's an article up. Um, it's already on our page and it's how the vaccine, how abortion and vaccine industries profit side by side. So you can go read the research at right to life league dot org, right to life league dot org. And you can look on that. And, and what I did, it was, it was actually uh, Brandon House sent me an Instagram post that had a lot of information. It's it had, um, you know, Danley, uh, sorry, Dr. Stanley Plotkin in it and also some other um, very wild seeming, you know, allegations that that baby these babies are being aborted and their organs are harvested alive, just like they do. Right. And and so I followed up on this and I I found the interview with Dr. Teresa Deicher in which she explains that the tissues must be very, very fresh in a, and, and full of blood and still, you know, alive so that they can they can then draw the, the, the tissues that they need. And so that they, they can create these new lines of, of fetal tissue to to, you know, use in, in vaccines. She explains it far better than I am. I am not a, a Stanford Ph.D. I, I, I don't know exactly how the process works, but her interview is there. I've got the link there. Also, um. John Henry Weston over at LifeSite News did an interview yeah. with uh, Pamela Acker, who's got a master's degree in, and and used to be in the vaccine industry. Uh, and he did that in, in 2021. And I found that as well. And both of these women are explaining that the process for creating vaccines uh, requires these very, very fresh fetal tissues. And what everybody's all clutching their pearls about is, oh my gosh, the babies are alive when you harvest the organs, according to these women and these sources. Well, they're alive when you take them out of the womb. They're alive during the abortion process when you're, when you're, when you're taking them out and dragging them out. Why, why are we only bothered that once they're removed from the womb and they're, they're squirming on the table, that then that's when we go ahead and we harvest their organs? I, 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 this is barbaric. Abortion is a barbaric procedure. When they go into the womb and they intentionally kill a baby or they, in, in the case of, you know, harvesting, they, they take the baby out alive and it's going to die. It's at 13 or 14 weeks. It's, it's before pre-viability that why why are it, it to me it's baffling this is a barbaric procedure and now it's being exposed that they're they're doing this for to benefit science to get these vaccines also in the article which is at the right to life league.org um, you can find a list a chart at the bottom of the uh, of the page that lists all of the different vaccines that use fetal tissue and so there's not a debate as to whether or not fetal tissue is being used in vaccines. We, there's a list. We know what it is. One of the COVID vaccines has it in there. No, nobody's debating that. But the cover-up or the, I guess, the, the gloss that they want to put on it, the fig leaf. The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow. For example, they've got half off my pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. They have extremely great products, as you all know. 
Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. That they want to put it. They don't want you to know how they obtain these very fresh tissues to ensure a healthy fetal line so that they can so that they can use it for vaccines. That's the issue. And I believe David Delyden's films, um, which are now still in litigation, he was the uh, undercover. Um, he, he created a it was called the uh, Center for Medical Progress, I believe. And he went in undercover and talked to abortionists and how and, and providers to kind of expose that these fetal body parts were being sold in violation of federal law. And Kamala Harris, who was then, I guess, you know, she was a DA here in California, and Javier Becerra, who was also in California at the time, they sued him and shut him down. And that that litigation is still going on. Thomas Moore is is representing David Delighton, and they have now applied for uh, certiorari to the Supreme Court to to get the the case that you know that basically I think David Delighton is now fined two million dollars and has to pay that to I guess the Planned Parenthood and the abortion cartel based on his undercover reporting. Wait a minute. So I, Let I'm me ask you a question: that, Is this yes. in California? And isn't California a one party state for recording? Well, it, it is it is heavily a Democratic versus, versus a Republican. But I do want to make one mention. The issue of abortion is not wholly partisan. There are good Democrats for life, too. It is this issue should cross party lines. And mm-hmm. so the, what I, I mean, really, people who are advocating abortion, they come in you know, both blue and red and people who are advocating for pro-life are also coming in blue and red. So this issue should cross over both. That, that's what's important. But yes, in California, uh, it's a super majority of uh, Democrats. And so there's very little. Yeah, I, I didn't explain left. my question. Well, let me let me correct myself. When this man went in and recorded these interviews he did with abortionists, um, was he legally authorized to do it because California is a one-party state for recording? Only one person has to know there's a recording. Well, that's the issue. That 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 is that that's what's going to be litigated. Okay. And and so that that and and all of those tape they were put on YouTube. I saw them myself. I did too. I remember in one in particular where there was this little tiny, very very preborn baby, probably fourteen weeks or something, thirteen weeks, and it was on a little silver, you know, you know, platter. It was moving, so I've seen the tapes, but they're 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 banned now. They're off of YouTube, but that that is the issue: is whether or not um, this you know David Delighton violated uh, some sort of law in California uh, for you know for recording, or did he commit fraud by saying, "Well, I'm you know I, I'm coming into your con- convention and under false pretenses, and I'm filming you." So that that's what they're trying to that, do: is cover Susan, up the, the truth crap. of the the fact. Pardon me. That's a crap argument because uh, cops are allowed to deceive. Uh, even employers can deceive employees. I've seen the court cases. Um, and, unless your intent is criminal, you're trying to defraud somebody. Uh, it's that's, never. That's, that's how they're getting at it. You see that? That's the thing. Yeah. And the, look, you have to remember the abortion cartel has so much money it's kind of like the the federal government has so the, the federal government can use your money against you in a court case I, I i never i never really understood it as a as a baby young lawyer just cutting my teeth you know when you come out of law school you think i want to do good and i want to tell the truth you know i want to be on the side of good i could never represent anybody who violated the law right because you know you, you love the law i love the law but part of the law is that when when the federal government, which has un- almost unlimited resources and power, when they accuse anyone, you must make that government prove all elements of the case, every one of them. And if that government cannot cannot prove even one element of the case, I don't even care if it's Charles Manson, if that government cannot prove the case beyond a shadow of a doubt, right, but, but a reasonable doubt, you know, the standard anyway. But if you can't prove all four elements or five elements of the crime, the accused must be declared, you know, not guilty. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, if you can just skip over thing and, and say, well, you know, they, most of the elements were, were were proven beyond a reasonable doubt. You can throw people in prison because these 
the, the government has almost unlimited capability. And so it is so important for lawyers to stand up and require that the law be observed all the way down to the, I, I really, because that's how you protect individual liberty. If you don't protect individuals, even guilty ones, if you don't require that the government or whomever is, is prosecuting prove every element of the crime or every element of the civil action, then what you're doing is you're rewriting the law. You're, you're, and, and you are, you are, you are destroying the protections that our constitution has created. You're destroying individual rights. So I, I don't know the, the, the ins and outs of the David Delighton case. What I do know is that Thomas Moore has appealed the matter to the Supreme Court there. They've, they've submitted a writ of certiorari. Um, wouldn't it be interesting if the court, all it takes is four justices to say, yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll accept, we'll, we'll at least hear the case. That would happen in the 2024 year coming up. It would be decided or heard in time for, by, you know, May or June of 2024. Wouldn't that be interesting coming up before then, before the election? So, well, God's timing is perfect. I, I, I mean, the chances that a, that any one particular court case would be taken up by the Supreme Court is, uh, minuscule, but, uh, we have to pray that hopefully justice is done and that the Supreme Court will look to see was the, one, was the underlying case, was it properly decided by, uh, I believe it was the Ninth Circuit or, you know, or the, and the district court was, was that, were, were all of the, the laws appropriately decided or was, were the facts correctly entered into evidence, whatever the issue is, um, because that would, that would reveal something if the, if the First Amendment protects undercover reporting, the First Amendment should, if that mm-hmm. case is reversed on, you know, at the Supreme Court and David Daleiden can then reintroduce these, these undercover videos, it would expose, I guess, the lie that, that Planned Parenthood is, does, doesn't sell or that procurement companies don't do that. But, but we know from, from UCSF, which is the University of California, San Francisco. That is the training uh, hub for uh, abortion techniques across the nation. They, they pride themselves on that. You can go to prolifesf.com, prolifesf.com. They have lots of documents that, that from UCSF that, that explain how uh, fetal tissue is, you know, that the kidneys are harvested, different things. They, they have the documents. They're there. No, there's no debate that the fetal tissues are harvested. The only debate is, are they alive when they do it? Are, as they're being removed before they're they're dead, are they taking the, the tissues that, out? That's the issue. How is that not murder if they're alive? That, that 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 is another debate. They say that, you know, murder is the intentional killing of a human being. Well, that, that that's what... You see, look, the abortion cartel, the abortionist pro-abortion will say that that's not human. It's not a baby. It's not human. It's a clump of cells. It's product of conception. That, that's that, that's. Uh, not well, no, 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 no. We're, we're talking. We're talking. The abortion is a, is a killing. It, look, it is the yeah. termination of a human life in the womb. Now, you can do it several different ways. You can, in saline injection that burns the baby alive in the, in the womb, you inject it. You can do, do digoxin, which is a chemical, you know, in, inject it into the baby and it, it kill, it stops their heart beating. Uh, you can do aspiration technology. So you send up a little curette and it sucks the baby's parts into, so it tears off the legs, sucks them into a, the sink, you know, like that. Or in a sec, in a second trimester or later, they have to insert, um, Laminaria expand the, the 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 uterus, the opening, the cervix, I should say, and then they insert tools with sharp implements, and they grab hold of the baby's leg or the arm or crush the skull because the baby is too big to fit through the little aspiration tube, the little you know curette. So they have to go in and they tear the baby into pieces and then drag the pieces out, put it on a tray, and make sure they got all of the parts before they say, "Oh yeah, that's done." That's the procedure that we're talking about. That's what an abortion is. Or the most popular form today, according to Guttmacher's study in 2020, um, is the chemical abortion. And they call it 
medication abortion, because that sounds much nicer. I'm taking medicine. That sounds kind of healthy. A chemical abortion is the when a woman ingests mifepristone, which is a hormone, it's a drug rather, that interferes with the natural progesterone, the hormone that maintains a healthy pregnancy. It stops progesterone. The baby consequently starves to death, is not getting nutrients from the placenta and starves to death in the baby. Then the mother takes a second pill called misoprostol, and that in, induces premature labor with strong uterine contractions. And so she goes home and she usually aborts her baby into a toilet. That, that's what a chemical abortion looks like right now. And some women have reported that these are anecdotal, of course, but they report, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that they see the baby and it's it's dead. And it, but it's it's fully formed. It's a baby. It's, it's a little human being. And they say, I didn't know it was a baby. I thought it was just tissue. And they're traumatized by this. Because they're never told when, you know, if you go to Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood will never turn the ultrasound machine around so that you can see the ultrasound. Because they know that every time a woman sees it, over 85%, when women see their baby on ultrasound and they see the little heart beating and they see the movement, the little, little legs and the nose, the profile and the skull, they say, oh, it's a baby. And they choose life, like more than 85% of the time. So the truth of the ultrasound, the picture in the womb, especially even 4D ultrasound, that, that proves the lie that, that the abortion cartel is trying to tell you that it's not a baby. It's just a clump of cells. It's not a lie. It's not human, basically. That's what they're trying to say. They don't say it that way, but that's what they're trying to tell you is they, they use euphemisms to dehumanize the unborn. That's what they do. And they don't want to tell the woman, they don't want to show the picture because usually the woman will choose life. And that, that takes away money from, you know, their abortion procedures. So See, to me, isn't there a legal issue there? Pardon me? Susan, isn't there an issue though with informed consent? If you're withholding information that could affect someone's medical decisions, does I'm that, sure does that, that go that against informed all consent? The forms there and they just, they just tell them, you know, that, yeah, you are this, you know, you're, you're 13 weeks along or 10 weeks along, uh, and you're a candidate for the chemical abortion. And it's just like taking a time. That's what they'll tell them. We, we've seen that on you, YouTubes and different things. It's just, it's easy. It's not, but they, but you see, they, they, they don't have to show them the ultrasound. They probably have a form that you just sign in and that's it. So they're, they're, they're very, very covered on their, their, their consent. But the problem is that no one is acknowledging the humanity of that unborn child in the womb. And, and we also know from different abortion doctors, former abortionists who have, who've now seen the light and said they're, they're no longer abortionists. They've confirmed that abortion, the intentional killing of a baby in the womb is never necessary to save the life of the mother. It might. You might need premature delivery in rare cases, uh, in less than 2% of the cases where the woman's life is actually in jeopardy from, say, like preeclampsia or an ectopic pregnancy. Been there, yes, been there, some done point, that, yep. Yes, you might, have to, you might have to remove the baby, you might deliver the baby, but you can do that humanely and you can still give that baby a chance at life. But on, <laughs> you don't have to kill Susan. the baby in the womb. Let, let me give you a personal baby example. Woman. I want to put a human face on what you just said. Uh, my wife had severe, almost life-threatening preeclampsia, and mm-hmm. my son had to be delivered almost seven weeks early. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just graduated from college, uh, hasn't had a B since seventh grade. He was in the Honors College, got two uh, major, got two degrees. He's applying to law school now. Um, yeah. And yeah, and and no one suggested we abort him. They just said, your wife's in danger, and if we're going to have any chance to save both, this is what we have to do. And so doctors understand that that's called triage. They they understand that they have two patients. They have two lives in the balance. And what doctors do is they try very hard to to save both. And that is the issue. But abortion doesn't do that. Abortion, it says, oh, we have to save your life. Well, first of all, it's less than 2% of the cases. And that's according to the data that's available because some of these, these states will not produce the data. They, they, because they hide it. They don't want you to know how many abortions are being done. So they, like in California, a lot of it is, is a kind of a 
private proprietary secret information. So you can't get a fully accurate numbers out of the federal government, the CDC or anything like that. But what we do have, what we do know is that in all of the cases that we're talking about, the, the true threat to the life of the mother is less than 2% probably even less than 1%. I, I don't have it exactly in my head, but it's very, very small. So 98% of these pregnancies, there's no, there's not a threat to the life of the mother. But so that means it's elective. That means it's something that, well, the, the woman is in fear or she just doesn't want, she doesn't, it, it's inconvenient to her, whatever no. it is. And the abortion industry is right there to sell her abortion, to sell her a solution to a problem she doesn't really have, but they do it for fear mongering. And that's why it is so very important to support pro-life clinics and centers and maternity homes all, all across the nation. And especially in California, where we're fighting the battle for, for, you know, for life. Because these pro-life clinics and these centers, they offer hope. They offer an alternative that is life-saving. They, they tell the woman, you don't have to abort your baby to save your life. We will come alongside you. We will big sister you. We will be there for you so that you can have your baby and thrive. And not just during pregnancy, but after the baby is born too, with family classes, with all kinds of support, um, you know, baby clothes, uh, formula, uh, car seat. Uh, maternity homes will provide housing for homeless uh, women who are pregnant. There's all kinds of resources out there, but but they are suppressed and they are, they're constantly under attack because they provide a resource that is pro-life and defeats the argument that the the abortion cartel wants to push out there. And that's why these these clinics are under assault. We, there were bills in California that fi- one of them was defeated, but another one of them, which is, uh, I believe it's AB 720, 720, uh, I'm sorry, 1720, it's targeting um, pro-life centers in a way by saying, well, you're not allowed to, to uh, you, if you refer if you're a center and you're not a medical clinic, um, you and, and you refer to a doctor who, you know, you're kind of in partnership with an OBGYN who then can do the ultrasound to show the baby uh, to the to the mother. There's the way that this language is written in AB 1720. It's a little bit vague to say, well, can a center, which is not a medical clinic, can they partner with or refer to these doctors who will do the ultrasound? Or is that some sort of fraudulent misrepresentation? They're still trying to go after these centers for uh, basically business fraud uh, because they're trying to shut them down. You know why? Because they're very effective, because they offer an, a, an option and hope and all kinds of different resources that are that that help a woman carry to term and beyond. So the, the, it is California is the most anti-life state in the nation. And that is why it's so very important to support these pro-life clinics and centers and maternity homes. And if people want to do yeah. that, they can go to the right to life league.org, right to life league.org. You can hit the donate button because that's what we do. We try to help these clinics and centers with uh, the, the, the supplies and maybe the ultrasound and, and networking and support services that they need to keep their doors open in California. You know, I, I have a general question for you before we close. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you were speaking very early about Chinese practices and so forth, um, Two things come to mind. One, um, I'm wondering why the government is spending taxpayer money on every form of sexual activity that doesn't end in procreation. And then number two, it almost seems like we're moving towards eugenics. Sadly, I I think perhaps you're right. I mean, with the idea of being able to CRISPR technology, that's not that's not happening yet as far as i know in america i just know that it has happened in china and that that it is possible and and what what we're doing is we're postulating we're hypothesizing what can can this happen if if you can take you know uh eggs out of the cry you know the, the fertilized eggs out of you know the the cryostasis that they're in right now through the, these labs there's there's tons of embryos that have been frozen that are for through, uh, you know, artificial reproductive technology, and they're sitting there frozen, what's going to be happening to those babies? Well, at, at some point, it makes sense that that's a business opportunity for any kind of lab to come in or somebody to, to negotiate with the, the parents who have frozen some of their, their embryos. Why not? 
So that's the risk is, are we going to be ushering in an entire uh, new, brave new world of eugenics to experiment on these uh, medical uh, products? Because again, we're, we're making children products because we're dehumanizing them in the womb. We don't recognize their right as a human being to the right, the, the, the basic fundamental rights that we believe we receive from our creator, the fundamental inalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that we have in our declaration of, of independence. We, we don't recognize human beings in the womb yet. We don't do that. And so is it okay to experiment with them, their tiny little, the, the, you know, their unique DNA? Is that okay? Can they edit some baby, some human's DNA and then experiment it with it to create, again, these, these, the chosen babies, put them in the ectopod or implant them in willing surrogates that are going to be paid for somehow, either with taxpayer dollars or privately, because we want to raise a, uh, an army of the new generation of children that will be educated for the yeah. state or, or whatever, or, and, and then we're going to send the rest, the, the rejects, the substandard, the less than perfect, you know, the, the non Aryan, if you were a Nazi, right? If you said the, these children are not, they're not genetically uh, acceptable, let's send them over to the abortion side and we can use their, their tissues to further medical research. That, that's, that's the brave new world. That's the, that's the hypothesis, hypothesis of where this could lead. We don't know that for sure yet. But, but when somebody would say, they would never do that. They would never do that. Well, I would point to so many things that have already happened, like the the H-bomb, anything. We know that, that the possibility of doing something like that already exists. So all we're talking about is the morality. Should we do it? And sometimes, especially unethical scientists, will do it just because they can. So we're at that yeah. point now. And that's why laws, that's why government should be protected individuals and should be protecting uh, our country just like our our federal government should be protecting citizens by closing the borders is that being done no 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 no, no. no you know in not. 20 so- in 2015 susan there was a movie made with superman and they were on planet krypton or whatever planet that was and general zahn and the father of superman were having a conversation he said, your son is the first live birth on the planet in 300 years. I was born and bred to be a general. Everyone is born to fill the needs of the government for what they are designed to do. And, this, you know, it's interesting. It's only a movie. But how many times have we seen things in Hollywood that end up coming into fruition? And and, and we They're have a term for that. Plan the, is the term for that is yeah predictive programming is the term and a lot of these scripts are actually written by the CIA and and other groups that get into Hollywood I know that for a fact because I've interviewed Hollywood producers so you're you're right on the money with this um, very quickly we got about a minute left what's the status of SB seven twenty nine and do you know what the time frame is going to be um, it has passed out of committees and it's across the desk, which means it's now going, I guess it's next hearing, I believe, is in the Appropriations Committee. I think that's in mm-hmm. August. Appropriations is just, oh, do we have the money for it? And because the bill specifically transfers the cost to private insurance companies, not the state, it's not, I don't think it's going to have a meaningful um, fiscal impact on on the budget on california's i think sure, it, i heard from sure. governor news 300 311 billion dollar budget so it's going to be fairly financially neutral um except that you know i think it'll be a crime if you don't do it so they're they're not going to have a reason not to approve it so it'll probably pass it'll probably pass uh, appropriations and finally find its way uh to the desk for governor Newsom's signature and we just have to see well is he going to sign it or Bingo. not Bingo, you're right on the money. You know, one of the things I look at with this is I looked into this and I saw a lack of lobbying from the life insurance or the insurance companies are going to have to pay for this. And I asked the question of somebody in the medical profession who asked not to be identified. I said, why aren't they protesting like crazy? I said, this is something where you throw campaign dollars at someone to, to secure their vote. And they said, ESG ratings. That they'll have a low ESG rating. Uh, and as they said, yeah. this is why. So I, this is why it's so important you came on today to share this. Again, Right to Life League, and is that a dot .org? .org, yeah. Right dot org. to okay. Life League dot org. 
Okay. And you guys take donations. Oh yes, please. <laughs> Thank you. Because we're, yes. we're just, we're fighting the fight out here and with there, that's the only, we have one major fundraiser every year, which is in October and that's it. And, and that, funds all of the programs for the rest of the year. So yes, we need uh, every every bit of help, $5, anything. What we would really love are monthly contributors, just you know, $5 a month or $1 a month, whatever you can. That's that's the only thing that keeps us going. So thank okay. you. I know I really appreciate what you do. And uh, to our audience, please visit the right to life league.org and give what you can give because we're talking about preserving the dignity and humanity of our civilization. Susan, thank you so much for coming on. You're always such a joy to have on, even though the topics are grim. Well, thank you, Dave, for having me. It's really always, it's good to talk to you. And, and I love the insight that you've given me about the, the, the possible legal ramifications of things like that. Thank you so much. Thanks. We'll look forward to having you back on again. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com and what it does is it goes into a container you lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches it's a 50-year warranty on the device it only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground and you can keep it for safekeeping and i'll tell you this is the way to hide your gold not in false walls but underground will be very very difficult to detect to find out more Go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.